Hi friends, I'm Lauren. And I'm Katie. And welcome to, okay, but did you know? A podcast where we talk about the TV and media that we love with a friend who's never seen it before. Today we're recapping and chatting about Once Upon a Time episode 101, aptly named, Pilot. The pilot aired on ABC on October 23rd, 2011. It was directed by Mark Mylod and written by the showrunners Eddie Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. Fun fact, they were uh, staff writers for the entire run of the TV show Lost, so we're probably going to see a bunch of those actors pop up throughout the show. Once Upon a Time ran from 2011 through seven seasons and 156 episodes until it ended its run in May of 2018. Now for a little bit of a synopsis, because Once Upon a Time is a show that's told in dual storyline, we have both a fairy tale land and a real world synopsis. In fairy tale land, what happens when happily ever after isn't forever? After true love's kiss wakes Snow White and all is well, a new threat looms. The evil queen crashes the royal wedding, threatening a curse that will rip everyone from their happy endings. The only one who can save them is Snow White and Prince Charming's future daughter. On the warning of Rumpelstiltskin, they must get their daughter to safety so that she can find and save them from this terrible curse. Because who knows what can happen when the evil queen gets her happy ending. And in our world, Emma Swan, a bail bonds person, hasn't had the easiest life. After spending her 28th birthday working, she settled into the feeling that she might be alone. Until a child, Henry, shows up claiming to be the son she gave up 10 years prior and that his home is in danger. Everyone in his town is cursed, frozen in time, and stuck in Storybrook, Maine. While Emma doesn't believe that every townsperson is secretly a cursed fairy tale character, when she brings him home, she finds that all might not be as well in his life as she would have hoped for his best chance. After seeing the town and confronting his adopted mother, Regina Mills, mayor of Storybrook, Emma decides to stick around for just a week to see what relationship she can build with her son. All right. So, uh, Katie, initial thoughts. What'd you think? Um, okay. So I remember watching, I think the pilot a very, very long time ago. Okay. I think it was actually when it came out, but that was like my, I think the beginning of my senior year of high school. So not many memories. Okay. That's, that's fair. Around. Um, my notes are very, very short. Okay. And to the point. And it was That's just fair. like thoughts I was having as I watched mm-hmm. because it does have that mystery to it, which is what keeps me entertained and what keeps me held there. So I did really like that part. Um, well, one, the queen. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Regina. That first there's... outfit. I mean, she really, she grabs you. I mean, I literally wrote in my uh, my notes that she had me from Sorry I'm Late, which is very catchy, while not entirely accurate, uh, because other than being hot and mean, there's not a whole lot about her to like in the first season, I will be quite honest. But I like those things in a woman, so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I was going to make the joke that she had me at her walk, but mm. um, just walking into the room, but then that's its own yeah yeah the 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 c okay so the cgi um yes for CGI. Walking around, it's it's a choice they tried to do this kind of thing that you know sfx have done with trying to make someone look like they're walking faster than they are what like uh, the twilight effect exactly that was that's the exact example i was going to use it's the twilight oh, yes. effect <laughs> the issue is with twilight they used an actual physical treadmill yeah. But with this, they tried to do it with CGI. So her feet don't exactly match up and you have some skidding effects. And it's 
it's a choice. I respect the choice. I do think it needed better execution. <laughs> I'm now realizing, like, looking at my notes, I don't think many of my notes are about the actual plot of the story. That's okay. Neither am I. about another part. Because <laughs> in the next one I have, which is, you've heard me complain of before, I need an explanation for Snow's hair. Yeah, the wigs. Uh, I definitely Also wrote, a choice. Also a choice. I'm pretty sure I wrote down, ah, the wigs. They get better. I will admit, when you see scenes later on in the show where it's like meant to be like right after the wedding or it's like the same scenes as you see in the pilot, it's a better wig. I will fully admit that. It's a much okay. better wig. So I will give I will give the writers like the costume and hair department that they get better quality wigs as the show gets picked up. Because like pilots are written in a vacuum almost um mm-hmm. apparently the pilot this was part of like a deal that the showrunners made with abc um after the ending of lost um they just kind of had like a, a certain number of years that they could just kind of put pitch them whatever they wanted and this was one of them this was pitched specifically for uh for abc but pilots are kind of off on their own thing you never know if they're actually going to get picked up so like the quality gets better i will admit the quality gets better of the practical effects um cgi although here's something that you may not have known with cgi okay fun fun fact uh so the glass coffin yes the the very iconic very beginning opening scene um the snow was real it was actually snowing that day but the glass in the glass coffin is actually cgi because if it were real, it would have been fogging up the entire time. So it was CGI it, the whole time. That's CGI. The, the, the glass is the glass is CGI. That's crazy. Knowing that they did such good yeah. CGI CGI on that, and then Regina walks in, and you're like, "What? What's going on? What's well, happening?" That that scene though, because Jen, so Jennifer Goodwin is one of the few people. It's Jennifer Goodwin who played Snow White is one of the few cast members who was offered the role. Which, to be fair. She is Snow White. Like, let's yes. be real here. Jennifer Goodwin I can't think is of anyone else. She is Snow White personified. Like, as she is right now, she's also basically an old lady. She knits. She darn socks. I wouldn't be shocked if like her pets follow her throughout the house. Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> she's married to Prince Charming. Like, let's be real here. There's there's no there's no art imitating life here. Um, but um, when they were filming the pilot, and it because there's no glass in the coffin, she's just getting pelted with snow right oh no and uh one of the showrunners kind of went up to her to see how she was doing and they kind of expected this was like a this is where she's gonna star out like do you know who i am kind of thing and they walk up to her like are you okay and she just looks up at them and goes this is fucking amazing (laughs) she's just like in a tree in an enchanted forest in canada (laughs) And it's just beautiful. It's just like, oh that's what I, I love about, I love that about her. So it's just like, she was just so excited to be there, but it's just fun thing. The snow was real. The CGI, the, the glass was CGI though. That is extremely interesting and exactly the response I would expect from Jennifer Goodwin. But I do feel bad then since you said everything though, because then I'm like my other note about her hair. I was like, snow is literally royalty and her hair looks like a bird's nest. So I'm really hoping <laughs> The wigs get better. I, the wigs do was, get better. Okay. I can so promise you. Know we got wigs. The wigs get better. Um, <laughs> so, I had to tell you that. It's okay. That like, maybe it's I should okay. have started with that. Maybe. Yeah, the wigs. <laughs> the, wigs. <laughs> like, the wigs, the CGI. But another thing that you may not have known was CGI is the birds that we see. Those bright blue birds. Like when the one she's holding in her hand when she yeah. goes to the window. Yeah. yeah. 
not blue. What? They're green. They CGI'd them blue. See, some see. It's it's a weird use of CGI, but it works. I don't I don't like this. I don't know what's real and what isn't. What is real? I don't know. I don't know what is real anymore. But you know, it's the thing is the CGI it ebbs and flows with the show. Some the virtual sets are beautiful. Like the standing still virtual sets, I think, throughout the entirety of the show oh, yeah. are gorgeous. But some of the movement is not the the moving the magic is as real as they could possibly get it. Mm-hmm. But when they add movement, it just sometimes doesn't work the way they want it to. Makes sense. Yeah. Um. So I had a couple other things. Like, I really enjoyed Emma's acting mm-hmm. with the date. Yeah. Like, it's spot on, wonderful acting. I'm just sitting there like, I'm convinced. Exactly. And it's wonderful. Um, Definitely love that. Mm-hmm. I w- started questioning how Rumpelstiltskin knows she's having a girl, but then I'm like, "There's magic." I who knows? It's magic. It's a world building thing that like the Dark One can see the future because Snow has that line, like you know, he can see the future. Like, can you guarantee a future for uh, for our child? Because he can. Fun fact for those who are listening to this podcast: this is where, like, if we were an IP like affiliated podcast, you'd get like legit sound bites. But unfortunately for you all, we don't do that. But what's a benefit of being me is I have half of this pilot memorized. <laughs> so I can just go off on tangents. The amount of times you've just spit out entire <laughs> scenes by Entire yourself. scenes. There's no need entire. to watch the show. I can recite it for you. So <laughs> this is where we would me to sleep. There you go. I'll just call you right. at night. There you you can, go. You can talk me to sleep. Exactly. So, yeah. So whenever we have a quote, it's... If I'm saying it, it's probably a direct quote. It's not in front. It is not in front of her. Jesus and it's not. No, it's not in front all. of me. I If it's a long one, I'll write it down. But like, can you guarantee a future for our child? Because he can. That's just, I just know that. <laughs> what do you Oops. not know? <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> You'll like this one. You'll probably laugh at this one too. Bad okay. guys, helmets. Why is there spaghetti on their heads? <laughs> oh my God. The Dark Knights. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's, that was a, it's, that was another choice. It's a choice. It's, it's one choice. they stick with. They stick with it. I'll give them. I'll give them props for that. They stick with it. Like um, we did this, we might as well just keep them. Exactly. I don't know why they why they put that on there. That's a design choice that I necessarily can't always get behind. I will admit. And then my last one. I have another one, but I'm gonna wait for that okay. one if you have a question for that. Yeah. But the last one is just quotes. Not quotes. My own quote. This is what mm-hmm. my brain said when it happened. Okay. My newborn baby got away and will defeat you in 30 years. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. That's basically the whole premise of the pilot. <laughs> That's the whole premise. Is my the new newborn, newborn my, baby. My preemie newborn child. Because <laughs> she's born early. <laughs> yeah. Got away. But see you in 30 years. Exactly. Approximately. You're going, li- you're going to lose. Because we put a child in a wardrobe. <laughs> The wardrobe was the weirdest part. I was just kind of like, okay, magic tree. We're just going to run with it. Exactly. Like, though, they, they were trying, I think, throw in as many references in the first, in the pilot as they could, whether they brought mm-hmm. them in or not. Um, I mean, I, 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 I will be honest. We don't see the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe ever again. So a magical wardrobe is just, we will see the wardrobe, but like. That's the only reference we're going to get. Yeah. We don't get Narnia. We don't get the White Witch. None of that. No Aslan. Be fair, no one wants CGI lions on the show. No, we're done. I think we're done with 
think we're good. I think Lion King was enough for CGI lions. I think Lion King was enough of that. I think so. And luckily we don't have the Lion King of Once Upon a Time. So we're okay. We're good. Oh God, can you imagine? I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to. Oh dear. Oh boy. What, What she got for me. So, I mean, my initial thoughts, I mean, I've seen this pilot. I've seen this pilot truthfully more times than I care to admit because, and like, this is kind of the point of our podcast. I'm a lot while watching this show. I I admit this. So I get people started on the show and they'll watch like maybe the first two, three episodes with me. And then I'll just talk over them because I know far too much about production. Uh, and they'll be like, you know what? I'm going to go watch it. I'll text you. And then I either keep going with season one or I just go back to watching other things. Um, so this time I got I had I got a little carried away with the notes because they're my unhinged inner monologue thought notes. That's just what happens. We love a good inner monologue. There's so much. Uh, <laughs> there's so much inner monologue. Um, one of my main things that I was at this time was when Henry is in Boston for the first time is is it legal for a kid to take a cab without parental supervision at 10 years old? I don't know if it is. Because like where it, I live, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I, I in in New York, I would honestly see people not batting an eye. This is Boston. I feel like that's not as common because like you see ten year olds taking public transit in New York all the time. Am I too but, southern for this for this conversation? Because I'm possibly. like possibly. What's bad about Boston? I, I just feel like <laughs> I feel like Boston. You don't see it as often. I I don't know. But that was my main thing. Okay, for that. that makes sense. Yeah, Boston um, did surprise me, and then the random Maine. Like, well, okay, not- so this is a thing. So the geography of the geography of Storybrooke, because I spend quite a bit of time in Maine. That's a ma- big vacation location for my family. So okay. where Storybrooke is supposed to be is about a four hour drive or so from Boston, which is a lot for one night. But it's doable. Um, it's just not in an area where you would likely see beach and forest very close to each other. Gotcha. Which does bother me a little bit, but we're okay. Um, one of the big things that will continue to bother me, um, even though I admit before pilots are written in a vacuum, Snow's line of, she poisoned an apple because she thought I was prettier than her. You have no idea what she's capable of, is a massive plot hole that I can't talk about right now, but pilots are written in a vacuum. We know that that's not the reason. It was a spoilers. It is a, it is a spoiler for later in the season. Spoilers. But, spo- spoilers but <laughs> see you, you knew exactly I, I i can work that voice in whenever i want to oh yeah but, I'm um, okay with but, that. but it's just one thing that i notice every single time is that line i'm like i get they wrote the pilot then they wrote the next six episodes and then they wrote the latter part of the season like they were only originally ordered for the first seven episodes so like i get it but like it just still bothers me to this day so i get to find out eventually. you will find out you will and find you'll out. Find out, and you you'll reference back to this moment. Exactly, <laughs> I absolutely will. Um, and this is my last big thought, and then we'll kind of go into the rest of what we plan on talking about. Because this is my main thing mm-hmm. that I actually went back because there's a PDF of the pilot script. It's just somehow available online. These are the things that I look at. Um, I love it. So Mary Margaret, like Snow's uh, storybook persona, was originally supposed to be a nun. There's a few things here that kind of point um, to this. A, she's just sister, like the the pilot, the script literally says 
Sister Mary Margaret, comma, a nun. That's just how she's written. She's also wearing a cross necklace in the pilot that you never see again. I don't... Yeah. I don't think it would feel like the same show if they had done that. Well, it, it wouldn't because literally two episodes later, um, this isn't a spoiler, it's just one line. She has a line where she literally says, I'm a teacher, not a nun. Um, they just completely dialed back on that. And it does work into a little bit of world building um, because eventually they decide that the fairies curse persona in Storybrooke are the nuns. So having a, someone else who isn't a fairy be a nun wouldn't have made any sense. Gotcha. Um, nun is an interesting choice. It is an interesting choice. Ultimately, I don't know if this is my interpretation of this or if I'm seeing what I'm seeing. Um, beyond the, the pilot, for the most part, Snow White, Mary Margaret, reads as very Jewish-coded to me. Mm -hmm. um, Jennifer Goodwin, the actor who plays Snow, is Jewish. She's very open about that, as are many of the writers. Um, and it feels like a lot of the traditions or big events that happen on the show are very reminiscent of Jewish traditions. I don't know if that's my bias, um, but so, and also Ginny used to jokingly call them the Charmsteins. Okay, I love so that. So that's my big, like, initial thought that, like, I always want to make sure, like, I'm like, she was supposed to be a nun, but then they decided that was a bad idea. <laughs> that's interesting, knowing the, the Jewish aspect as well, though, of, like, yeah. that would have been um, interesting. Yeah. I mean, she's played characters of, she's played characters of various religions before. Like she was on a show about um, Mormons. That's oh, big love. Uh, oh big, yeah. yeah, big love on HBO. They're, they're uh, my my, yeah. my TikTok loves to show me that one. Me too. I'm like, do I just need to watch it? I've only seen the first episode. I can't tell you whether or not oh. it's worth to watch. <laughs> We're just gonna write that one down for later. <laughs> yeah, give us the next. Give us five years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The next series. <laughs> so I did have a favorite. It wasn't a line because there okay. was no speaking, but a favorite moment, mm -hmm. I guess, would be okay. more. Leroy smiling. <laughs> just him in that, that, just the smile he gives, the very sarcastic, obviously means something else. That shit-eating grin that he gives him. Favorite moment. It's a good moment. Because it's also like, I love that right before that he's, he's whistling whistle while you work, which is like very much a thing that could only be done if they were picked up by ABC. Exactly. But that, that was definitely my favorite moment. And yeah. I did really, really enjoy it. I think that the pilot worked really well for what mm -hmm. it's supposed to be. Because yeah. I know there's, of course, people that are like, it sucks. It's not the actual story. And I'm like, let people be creative. It's fun. Yeah. Well, because like pilots, like I said, pilots are written in a vacuum. They're meant to basically be mm -hmm. a hook and a sell for the show. That's all that they are is they're meant to be, here are all the characters, here's what's going on, and, like, they have to both be self-contained and leave you wanting more, because in, they have to be a self-contained story for the networks to pick them up, but they have to be, they have to leave you wanting more, because, like, otherwise there's nothing left to go on for the viewers. Yeah, and they did really well with that when it comes to this, this pilot. This pilot is definitely one that pulls you in, and I... I'm grateful for that because I was really worried that I was not going to want to continue because I've never really watched it. I didn't fin like continue it growing up. So I was like, I really hope I like this because I don't want to be, I don't want to disappoint my friend. So I was like, thank you pilot for being good. That's good. Cause that's, I have the same fear for you watching my show of like, mm -hmm. is she going to like exactly. this? Exactly. 
Exactly. We don't know. It's not everyone's cup of tea because media is subjective. Exactly. We are allowed to like different things. That's what I like about media. Yes. What was my, I don't know if I have a favorite line or a favorite moment. I love the whole, I mean, I've seen, like I said, I've seen the pilot God knows how many times. Oh, so many. So many times. So like my favorite moments, I'll be honest. No, I like say I have, because it's so powerful a moment for her is the ending scene with Emma and mm-hmm. Regina at the outside of her house. Um, it's just, it's such a powerful moment. Like, and it can be taken either. It can be taken many ways because as we said, art is subjective. Regina is being very protective and it's unclear whether she's being protective of Henry or being protective of the curse. Cause we're still in that space of, does she know like, or is she like, or is this even real? Is even the question. Did the curse the get her too? Did the, exactly. Can she remember everything else or is this even real? Um, or are we just seeing the stories and like, it's really all in Henry's head. Like that's really a question. Yeah. So just that moment of her going like, you know, um, you know, in the last decade, while you've been doing whatever it is you've been doing, mm-hmm. I've survived every fever, endured every tantrum. You may have given birth to him, but he is my son. Like that, it's it's so powerful a moment and I love it. And as a mom, it hits completely different. Yeah. Because sure. it's like, yeah, no, sounds about right. <laughs> been there, yeah. done that. It's like, you give up the right when you tossed him away. Like, to be fair, yeah. the legality is very contentious. The legality of the adoption gets very contentious throughout the fandom and gets contentious throughout the show. But that is for a later date. <laughs> yeah, because I was, I, was, I was sitting through it like, I don't think this is how this works, but it's yeah. TV. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What did you... Oh, wait, no. Explain your data. We're explaining the, my data. So I'm a data nerd. That's kind of my. That's kind of my thing. You so, are the queen of the, uh, or emperor, or I don't know, what title do you like? I could be queen. I'm okay with that. Queen. Queen of spreadsheets. Queen of spreadsheets. I've made us various spreadsheets for this podcast. And everything like, else. <laughs> and everything else in my life. Um, so I am a data nerd, and I thought it would be fun to kind of give a, for us each to kind of give a numerical score for the episodes so we can kind of see as the shows go on how things kind of rank up average wise but also i mean how does how does that how do those numbers differentiate from how we really feel kind of situations because our opinions may change and we may get different at scoring and there's biases there's biases i i I can already tell you i know certain episodes are going to do far better than other ones i already know what's getting perfect scores um but we'll get to them when we get to them so we are ranking every episode and every season on a scale that's got three categories. Uh, it's based on character, plot, and then just personal. Uh, each category uh, can have 10 points. So each episode could have a total possible score of 30 points. Um, so I gave the pilot, if I could get my notes back, where did they go? I gave it a 7.2 for plot, an 8.2 for character, and I gave it a 10 for personal because quite frankly, it's just enjoyable and I've seen it a million times. I wouldn't watch it a million times if I didn't like it. So that gives it a 25.4 out of 10, out of 10, out of 30 uh, for uh, its total score. Uh, plot wise, it's just because I know of all the plot holes. I know yeah. where they are. <laughs> I know what's going on here. Um it's different for first viewer and seasoned viewer. Exactly. Um, you know, 8.2 I gave for character because so much of a lot of the characterization clearly hadn't been figured out yet. 
uh, something that I mark down a lot that I will mark down going forward is Emma's superpower. Um, superpower. Her, like she says at the very beginning, you know, like, I like I have a I have one skill. Let's call it a superpower. I can tell when anyone is lying, and you kid are. Told you whole lines, whole scenes. Um, so she will Always. use her, so she will use her superpower very frequently, um, to see if someone's lying, which I'm sure has served her well up until this point. It doesn't work so well when she's emotionally invested. Mm. She's with in the first season alone. I want to say she's wrong ninety percent of the time. That's why I kind of mark it down a little bit for character because it. They had time to make the decisions. They didn't do it in the pilot yet, and that's okay. So that's my score. How did it you do? How, what? How did? How did you give uh, the the pilot, Katie? How? What's your guess? How? How much do you think I liked it? I think overall. Your total score, I'm going to say, is a 22. You're so close. Oh, am I? So I gave character eight, because I do okay. really like the characters. The characters we were introduced, uh, I really enjoyed. Um, I, I, it, it worked. It was great. Some of the characters are weird, so I don't know. <laughs> Rumble Stillskin kind of made me feel weird. He He's creepy. I'll give him that. He's very creepy. So I think that's why I was like, I mean, y'all did a really great job making him creepy, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't know. Uh, plot, I gave eight because it was a good plot. I enjoyed yeah. the plot. Was it like absolutely amazing? It's a, pl- it's a pilot. Like you've said, it's a pilot. Exactly. Personal was a seven. So I got a 23. Okay. okay I was very close. You were very, you're one off. Yeah. Dang. Well, cause to be fair, to be fair, I use decimals and you don't, and you don't. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> I, if I involved decimals, I would hurt my own brain. Yeah, I might stop with I might stop with the decimals just because we have such a wide scale to use. I think I don't want to hurt myself too much. I don't. I mean, if if you enjoy it, you enjoy the decimals. It's okay. Yeah, it's just true. I I like I like it. it just it overcomplicates it. I may not. We'll see how I feel. But that's not bad. I, I'm only a couple of points below yours, so I'm not mad about that. I like that. It makes sense. It makes sense. Do we want to talk about some uh, fun facts about production and casting? Because I have quite a few of them. Sure. Let's do that. Let's do the fun facts. This is the did you know of. Okay, but did you know? Um, so <laughs> Finally, I, I, we got to the did you know. We, we found the title. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> that was great. I alluded earlier about, you know, art imitating life when it comes to uh, Snow White and Prince Charming, which again, still bothers me because technically Prince Charming is not the prince from Snow White's name. Prince Charming is actually technically Cinderella's prince if we're going off of Disney. Snow White stole the prince. She stole him. She's got her own. Cinderella will show up eventually. So they are married in real life because they're adorable. Uh, But... They were not together when they filmed the pilot. And actually, when they filmed the pilot, she was engaged to somebody else and he was married. Uh, he was married to Laura Pulver, uh, who oh. would be best known as Irene Adler from the BBC version of Sherlock. Seriously? Yeah. They were married for like for like four years. So From Sherlock. From Sherlock. I love, Sher- I love Sherlock. <laughs> yeah, like the Benedict Cumberbatch version of Sherlock. So both of them were, you know, they, they, their dance cards, their dance cards were filled. Their dance cards were filled when they were filming the pilot. But between the time of filming the pilot and when they went to go film the rest of the series, because I, I, 
my best guess about the pilot is they probably filmed it around March because the actor who played Henry said he was nine. And I know based off of the internet, his birthday is May. So I'm going to say March, April, based off of the weather. Is when now it's still possible to snow in Canada at that point. Exactly. And they intended to start production for the other, for the other series, other seasons uh, in July. So that would be a good time frame. So I'm getting this timeline from the good, the interview she did with the good for you with Whitney Cummings podcast. And by the time they came back to film the rest of the season, she had broken off her engagement and he and his wife had ended their marriage. Um, And she says that they tried to stay friends uh, for the beginning because they're like, we're on a show together. We don't want to ruin things Mm -hmm. for everybody. You know, um, they're like, you know, and then if we do get together and we break up, she says to him, are you okay with being unemployed and asking Disney to kill off Prince Charming? Because they're going to kill one of us off and it's not going to be me. Uh, and not wrong <laughs> she's not wrong they're not killing off snow white but they might kill off prince charming they might um they almost so they did. they almost did we're getting to that so predominantly after that uh they got together around the fall which by my best guess is by the time they filmed the sixth or seventh episode based off of oh, wow. timing so they, they tried for a while um, but they eventually started dating. And then in 2013, they announced that they were having their first baby and they were engaged and they got married in April of 2014. And they now have two little boys and they're stupidly in love and adorable on Instagram. And I highly recommend it. It's adorable. That's so sweet. I love them so much. Like they just, I watch, I just look at them. I'm like, this is goals. I love it. It's hard it. to, it's, it's definitely hard to stay out of a relationship when your mm-hmm. counterpart that you're acting with you have to be romantic with it's like oh wait exactly it's like oh that's my husband <laughs> exactly it's like i can't date you but we're married exactly <laughs> but uh, you know going off of her thing of like no they're gonna have to kill off someone and it's not gonna be snow white uh they did actually try and kill off prince charming in the pilot <laughs> um which is one of my favorite tidbits about the show um according to an article that the showrunners did in 2012 with digital spy um the original pilot david or charming dies when he gets stabbed at the end like there's like that's just that's just the end of his character arc. An, another another option just that these, they thankfully did not go with <laughs> exactly well because they brought it to the network execs and they're like you cannot do this you've taken away the show the, any chance of this show having a happy ending it's a show about true love and you've just killed off one of the main true love couples not that's, a good idea it doesn't work <laughs> so they need you got to give the fans something to believe in exactly so they changed the stabbing into a coma <laughs> <laughs> just throw just throw a nice coma in there just i don't throw a nice help. exactly just throw a good coma in there <laughs> throw a good coma in it's good oh my god <laughs> one of my it's just it's great the casting on the show was phenomenal i mean clearly you have snow white and prince charming just getting together in real life um lana paria who plays regina the evil queen apparently and you can see there's actually a snippet of her audition from a behind they, they added it in a behind the scenes thing for the dvds someone's put it on youtube she scared the crap out of them like she went in like she had this like really like dramatic black shawl that she brought in for the audition and like the clip is just her turning around like staring them down and just like sorry i'm late like it's just she just scared the crap out of them that's dedication. But I love that. It is. But contrarily to that scaring the crap out of the directors, at, either at that audition or a different one that she went in to test for, they were also testing Henry's. Um, and she saw a couple of, I guess she saw 
them in the waiting room on her way out and she saw the boy who ended up playing Henry, uh, Jared Gilmore, and she saw him and she like looked at him and she just went, you're going to play my son. She hadn't gotten the part yet. Like, this ballsy is all get out. What? But she just she just knew something about Jared was like, you're going to get the part. She's like, but like, she's, but she said it like, you're going to play my son, even though she did not have the part. Which I just yet. think is really fun. <laughs> yet. Which I just think is, I can't imagine better casting. And I really do think that's the marker of amazing casting is when you can't imagine that actor in any other role or any other actor playing that role. Makes sense she like encompasses i mean she's phenomenal in this like she acts her butt off the entire time it's me um, and like everything daniel radcliffe is in <laughs> exactly even weird al that even mm-hmm. including weird al that was yeah i still haven't seen that i know um i'll, I'll, I'll get to I it need i got other stuff all to watch. of your reactions no i need all of your reactions okay i gotta watch bob's burgers first <laughs> No, that's fair, but eventually yeah. I need you to watch the Weird Al movie that Daniel Radcliffe did because um, it's a parody of a parody. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, that makes sense. It was wonderful. I think this is my last casting tidbit about... Oh, okay. Because I have, I have so many. Um, and I have other fun facts that I can probably throw into other podcast episodes. I don't need to go on like mm-hmm. a 10-minute tangent about this. But my last one is uh, of the actors of the main cast who were offered, who were just offered their roles. As far as I'm aware, I don't know about many others. Um, as I said, Jennifer Goodwin was one of the few that were offered directly. So was Jennifer Morrison, who played Emma Swan. She was straight up offered the role, um, but she was actually filming How I Met Your Mother at the time. That was during that oh. time that she was on that show. Um, and she, the timing of it wasn't working out so great. So she mm-hmm. went to the showrunners for How I Met Your Mother and they switched around filming of like the last two or three episodes to make sure that she could film the Once Upon a Time pilot. Okay, that's really cool. I think that's very cool of them, honestly. Yeah, I haven't watched How I Met Your Mother through mm-hmm. a second time. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember. I remember the ending and that's all that, ha- all, that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all that matters. That's all that matters. <clears throat> so... What are we looking forward to seeing in the uh, the future episodes of Once Upon a Time? What are you looking forward to learning about? I am looking forward to more red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want more red. Uh, like, Ruby. The glimpse at red. Ruby. I love her so much. Exactly. I, that's the first thing to come to mind. I need more Ruby. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fair. I need more of the curse. Mm-hmm. I need to understand the curse better, I think. I don't fully understand what the curse entails, and I'm always mm-hmm. confused. So I'm mostly That's excited fair. to figure out what the hell is with the curse. And uh, I will forever laugh that, you know, the evil queen was like, we're going somewhere terrible. Our <laughs> Maine. world. <laughs> Apparently Maine is horrible. <laughs> I was like, say, someplace horrible. And they picked one of the most progressive states in the country. <laughs> Right? Like, I'm sorry. I th- I feel like if you're really going somewhere horrible, you'd be where I am. No, Florida. Actually, go, go one Any, more state anywhere- down. Florida. Yeah. Anywhere south. Any- not Well, not anywhere, but yes. I mean, just fur- <laughs> further, further south than Maine, I would say. That, that's a lot of, lot of, that's a lot of options. Mm-hmm. That's true. But yeah, the curse. I need, I need mm-hmm. more. I'm looking forward to you seeing more of, um, 
how the relationship between Regina and Henry shifts because it does like there there's a very Ooh. significant tonal shift in the way that it's written. Okay, because right now Henry's you know exactly like I okay I will admit as a as a uh, adult person my my viewpoint on this has changed because when I first started watching this show I don't think I said this earlier I started watching it not when it first started airing but like within the first season um because back when hulu was free i could binge 17 episodes all at once without paying for it as long as i watched ads uh hulu was free hulu was free back in 2012 (laughs) it it used to be free as long as you watched ads it was free yeah so how old am i i'm sorry go ahead (laughs) i had a much older than me (laughs) but like so much so basically like at that, my viewpoint on this back has changed since then. Because back then, I'm very much from the fangirl perspective of just love your mother, dang it, and like want to just like, you know, just get the kid to do what I want because I want to see the happy relationship. But as an adult, I very much am like, okay, I can't necessarily be mad at the child character when it acts like a child. Like, yeah, from his perspective, <laughs> from his perspective, he might be leaning a little too into the fantasy. I will admit, but. The, sh- the relationship between Henry and Regina does shift really beautifully. Like even within the first season there, there's, yeah. there's progress to be made in the first season. Um, but also it's just, it's very, it's very cute. I find it interesting too. Cause you're saying let the kid be a kid, but like thinking from a perspective, if you're a kid who's not really doing so great books are your escape and you want it more than anything to be real. Exactly. That was me. Books mm-hmm. were my escape growing up, and I yeah, I'd love if dragons were real. Yeah, like this this show was very much a, like a right time, right place for me when mm-hmm. I was like when I first started watching it because I I wasn't I was coming out of a flare. I was kind of between medications, but I wasn't like sick sick. But mm-hmm. I didn't have a whole lot of energy, so like my escape was just anything fantasy at that point. Just take me out of my out of my life, out of my body, how I was feeling. Um, and so I binged 17 episodes of this show all at once, um, over the course of spring break. 17? I watched the first 17 episodes over the course of four days. I with binged, ads. I, with ads. I mean, <laughs> with again, ads. I was a 16 year old on spring break. I had nothing else to do. So I just watched it constantly. I was able to get caught up from whenever I started over that week until that, that 18th episode, which to this day actually is my, is one of my favorite episodes, just coincidentally. Well, I will see you in 17 episodes. Exactly. We'll get there. You'll know exactly <laughs> why I love that episode exactly so much. Why. You'll know why. Because I haven't me, when, seen that one. When you read the synopsis for it, or even just see who it's about, you'll know why. You'll know why I love it so much. Okay. I won't tell you the title, although I can't Although I can tell you the title, because I know the title oh, of yeah. every episode. Not only do you know lines, you know every single title. I'm I learning know, about the Bob's ones. Yeah, I know every only the first six seasons. I don't. I don't know the titles for up for season seven, but I do know the first. I know the titles for the first six. The real re- that's that must be the real reason you put on your lives. Do not discuss season seven because I don't know the titles. I haven't seen it since it aired. I only watched it once. But I'm right. You, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any more fun facts? I mean, I actually, I have, uh, you know what I mean? (laughs) I have plenty. You have plenty. Um, Like, this is not necessarily a fun fact. It's more of a thing that to be cognizant of. Okay. Henry is 10 on Emma's 28th birthday. He's already 10. Which means she was 17 when she gave birth. This is a fact that the writers tend to forget very frequently. 
that I'll be that there is explanation of of his conception, kind of. I mean, we don't see it. It's, it's not that kind of show. But <laughs> sorry. <laughs> But just the aging and the timing around that time period of like before, you know, before Emma gives birth to uh, to Henry, is iffy. So I w- I want us to be cognizant of this, because to this day it still bothers me. Thank you all for listening. Join us next time where we discuss the first two episodes of Bob's Burgers. Please like, subscribe, review, and follow us. And you can also follow us on obdyk underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok. This has been an episode of OK, But Did You Know, a television and media podcast. It was hosted by Lauren and Katie and edited by Lauren.